You know, I think the point of this pro- uh, podcast, uh, I think the point of this podcast is to figure out how to be a better person or to figure out. I had a really good point like five minutes ago before I started. Um, okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. You know, I overthink any creative expression, you know, whether 40 of you listen to this or 400 uh, I mean, one day, 4,000, 40,000, 400 million people will listen to this podcast retroactively. Um, all I want to get out of this is that it's an exercise in trying to figure out how to be a better person and for me, how to be a better man and to um, uh, openly put one's foibles and deficits out on the table. Because if we don't speak honestly about the things that plague us, there's no way we can solve uh, the prop these the problems that result from the plague that's within us. Um, and you know, and that that relates to society at large as well. Um, you know, racially, uh, which you know seems to be the big issue with our society right now, and it is that seems to be. I mean, it is a huge issue. Is issue what the fuck is wrong with me well i had three hibiscus beers because i'm in la and that's all you can get um not speaking honestly about issues is what plagues us whether we're talking about the macro problems of our society or the interpersonal ones in our relationships um and that's hard for people to do and i understand that that's what i've learned i learned i have i have learned and i've um try to appreciate how difficult it is for people to have genuinely direct and honest conversations. Um, I have a very dear friend who I'm going to speak about in very vague generalizations uh, to preserve the beauty of our friendship. Uh, I've known this guy a long time and being out in LA, I live here currently. I am here now. He lives here currently. And You can only, friendships that form when you're very young, when you're younger, are strong. They have a built-in resilience, resiliency, because those years are so emotional. Those, you know, when you when you meet someone when you're fucking 14, you know, that's a hard programming into your brain. Your brain, that's when your brain, I think, is probably the most malleable. And the impressions, the relationships that we form in those years... Um, are long-lasting and have very solid foundations. But they don't necessarily translate into adulthood always. They can if you and the other person are willing to change and evolve. Um, My suffering and the point of this podcast has forced evolution. It has forced me to change. My behavior, my pathologies, my outlook on life are not great, or they have not been great. There have been good aspects of it. I think they've driven a lot of creativity in me, but they also require change because you can only go on a certain path of... um, unhealthy living. That's not... You can only be angry and sad for so long. And while that can fuel creativity, there comes a point where you have to say, okay, I don't want to be 35 and sad and angry. 
I want to be 35 and happy. I want to be 35 and in a relationship. I want to be 35 and looking towards the rest of my life with a smile on my face. And you get very specific and you get very um, uh, diligent and uh, vigilant about protecting that. So I have this friend who I haven't really hung out with much. You know, we hung out for a little bit um, when I first got out here. And it was fun. You know, it's like good old times. You know, like we, we talk, you know, just you know, guy talk. You know, we, we really, you know, he, he was my confidant and still is throughout high school. And that's kind of the problem. I think he still sees me as that troubled kid in high school who hasn't worked on himself. And not being seen by somebody you care about, I think, is one of the more uh, depressing things in the world, right? Being alone around people is more depressing than being alone. And that's what I've been doing. I've been in a sublet in Los Angeles for three months, and I've seen maybe five people, if that. You know, I have good friends out here, people I care about, but, you know, with COVID and... That's such a cop-out. Well, you know, COVID. Uh, I haven't hung out with anyone. I've played video... You know what I've done? I've played uh, Call of Duty with my friends back in upstate New York. I've done mostly that while working and doing other things to further myself, which is get well physically. I went to this Persian sorceress. Uh, in Reseda, who did amazing body work on me, and I felt change that I have not felt in a very long time, and that was super inspiring. Um, you know, I've been walking a ton. I've been like walking to the Hollywood Hills, just enjoying the sun and just being outside and breathing, feeling hot weather on my skin, like just really trying to figure out what feels good and what does not feel good. And I can no longer tolerate things that don't feel good in my relationships with other people. Um, and I started to feel that with this old friend. And without getting into, into the specifics, because they don't matter, you just get a vibe with someone. And when you feel you're being manipulated or you feel you're being coerced, and you don't feel like you're having an honest discourse, or if you do, it's not being heard, that can't I can't have that at 35. Not with someone I've known for 20 fucking years. So this person called me today and he's just like, we good? He FaceTimes me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're we're good. I'm just laying low, man. And it wasn't that wasn't a lie, you know? And in 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 one sense, it was an omission of truth because I didn't feel it was necessary to articulate all the reasons that I didn't want to sort of have bro time anymore because I just wasn't, really wasn't feeling that. But I hadn't, I haven't seen anyone, so it, it was honest to say, yeah, I, I've just been laying low. But then he suggested that he thought I had killed myself, which for those of you that have listened to this podcast is not a crazy thing to presume. Um, but me and this friend have all also spoke on Friday. And his thing is like, I haven't, I've been hearing from you. So like, I thought you were dead. And I really had to absorb that and be like, did you think I was dead? Or are you bothered or sad? Which I can appreciate that we haven't been hanging out. 
and it felt more that. And long story short, we had this like long FaceTime and like he started crying and like I didn't feel good about that. But it felt like for a call that was supposed to be about whether or not I had shot myself in my sublet in Los Angeles, it had a lot to do about him and why he was upset. And not once did he ask me, hey, what are the things going on in your life that might drive you to suicide? You know? So, you know, again, I could go into the specifics and I've called enough friends today because I really wanted to be clear about this because I know I could be a defensive person. I know I can be a uh, uh, emotionally stoic person. I can, be, I, can, I can shut people out. I can, I can shut, you know, emotions are not easy for me to share always. Um, but it was hard because throughout the entire conversation, I just felt like I was defending my right to feel the way that I felt. And I wasn't attacking. I wasn't like, hey, you, you did this and that. I was just sort of like, hey, man, depression is tough. And it's not always easy to articulate to people you care about what the effects of depression are. He's like, okay, well, you know, just send me like an emoji next time. Like, you know, you need just send me an emoji and let me know you're good. And it's just like, again, why is my potential suicide <laughs> about your need to, uh, why is it about what you need in this situation and not like, hey man, what's going on in your life? that makes you feel so alienated. And, 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 and that's what I'm saying, man. Like you can love and know someone for so long, but truly be not, truly not be seen by them. And I feel like this friend just sees me as sort of the depressed high school kid who hasn't taken the time to really analyze what are the things that feel good and don't feel good in relationships. And having a friend, you know, just, you know, your value, values matter to me now, you know? And I'm not a perfect man, and I'm not a what I would even consider a good man, but I want to be. And when I sense in other people, not that they're not good men or great people, but when I sense they don't even care about that, that's when I need to step back. And that's when I need to analyze who I spend time with and who I give my energy to. And uh, yeah, it sucks, you know, it's like. I remember reading in a Stoic philosopher book, I think it was either Cicero or Seneca, uh, you know, we want to finish the race of life with the people we started the race with. Um, that's not the exact quote, but that was the gist of it. You know, like we think that we're going to finish this race of life with the people we started it with, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, and I don't think this friendship's over. I don't think it's like, ah, oh, that's it. But like, uh, I didn't feel good, you know? I didn't feel good having an honest conversation with him and you should always feel well it can be difficult but I think at the end of it you should have an honest conversation and feel like okay they heard me I heard them I listened and I tried you know I really did try to um listen to where he was coming from but I kept getting the sense that it was about control and narcissism rather my well-being which again, you know, apparently he thought I would had murdered myself because we had murdered myself, that I had killed myself because we weren't hanging out. And that just, to me, smacks of something other than genuine concern and more about um, 
ego and what's wrong in someone else's life where, you know, are you interested in, I don't know. So that was a bummer. Yeah, not to, I mean, I know this thing is supposed to be funny sometimes, but um, yeah, I just, I just, it was just a weird conversation. You know, it, it just felt like it didn't feel good. Or, I mean, yeah, I don't know. This felt like it came out of it just like, it was like breaking up with someone, you know, and I haven't really had many close romantic relationships. Obviously, this is like a platonic dude friend, but um, he was like, I'm, you know, I'm just doing like a wellness check, which like, he's like, I know you don't have anyone out here. So like, I just thought you were dead. I was like, I have friends. And the fact that you don't realize that is even more the problem. You know, like the fact that you don't think I'm not close with other people is again, a reflection of how you think this relationship is. I don't know. It was just fucked. Um, maybe I'm not representing it properly or the way I would like to, but, um, I felt this weird when you're being, when you feel like a friend is not seeing you anyway. Um, so yeah, I got my fashion release in Reseda and that felt good. And I think that's about the excitement of where I'm at. Um, I don't know. I'm in LA. I think I'm going to go to Miami next. Um, for my new undisclosed job, um, kick around Florida for a while. Um, I've been in some communication with my mom only for financial reasons. Uh, my stimulus check gets sent back to that address. I was like, could you deposit my stimulus check? Um, you know, it's like, I don't want to, it's again, like, it's just all these, why, why has life become this, you know? It would be easy. Like I would, I would, I. I don't know if I'd love to love my dad. I don't know if I'd love to be happy with the situation. I would really just love to have my podcast studio in the woods behind my grandmother's house that they now are in. Um, I don't know. It's just like our, our, It's so important to see beyond yourself, and I'm so astonished by people who can't do that. Like I know when I'm in being an egotistical narcissist. Even that episode, even that podcast episode that I did about the fucking Fairweather liberals, those coffee shop owners, Rough Draft with Amanda and Anthony. Like, I can admit my level of like, okay, Duval, you know? Like, I know where they were coming from, and I could admit that. Like, hey, look, we're running a business. This is a small town. Like, much as we love you, like, we can't have, like, some fucking egomaniac on our corner every... Like, uh, but I'm not like, hey you know what, they're right, but I understand where they're coming from at least. And I think it's so important in any relationship to at least be able to see that. You know, whether you're, whether it's someone you're dating, whether it's your parents, whether it's culture, whether it's fucking Black Lives Matter, whether it's like, hey, can you fucking imagine what that cop's job is? Or, hey, rednecks, can you fucking imagine the frustration that a black man must feel being pulled up? Like, our inability to see where other people are fucking coming from is like, I don't know why that's eroding. And I, and I think that is the heart of so many issues in our society right now. And I know why it's eroding. It's because we're a bunch of fucking narcissists that do shit like this. TikToking and making podcasts. And, you know, you're, 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 you are the star of your universe that everyone else just has the luxury of being in. Um, and even as I say that, I know why my mom's back with my fucking criminal father. And I know why my criminal father 
behaves the way that he has. He's been in jail for fucking 30 years. And my mom's been alone for many, for, for a lot of years as well. So it's like, I get it. Knowing that how do we move forward? Is that possible? But are they able to say, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have sprung this on my son, you know, six days before I was going to get back with blah, blah, blah. blah. Anyway, I hope those of you are listening, those of you that are listening can figure out in your own lives how to um, pardon people, but also defend yourself and realize when other people's unwillingness and inability to fix themselves not to be fixed. No one needs to be perfect in your life. No relationship needs to be perfect. But there has to be the awareness of like, I could be doing better. And if that's not there, I don't know. I don't know if that's a relationship. I think that's something else. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I would hope, me and my friend will be okay, I hope. But it was the first time that I was able to really be blunt and be like, I don't feel good around the way that you interact with people. I don't know. It was eerie. It felt eerie. You know, it's like when you finally like see the manipulation in practice and you're like secure enough in your own self. And and, and I, I do feel secure enough in my own decisions to find at the very end of the conversation. He's like, okay, you're, you're upset. Okay. Well, you know, we'll talk when you're not so mad. I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm expressing that how you see me is erroneous and does not make me feel good. And I can concede there have been plenty of times where I've snapped at this friend of mine, you know, defensively. But as I look back, I'm like, no, I'm just asserting my boundaries, you know? And I'm sure there's some psychologists who can define what that is, someone who... Um, shies away when you call them out on that and makes it your, I mean, it's gaslighting, blah, blah, blah. But I hate using like these lesbian terms. Uh, <laughs> but, but it is, you know, it's like, I'm, I knew I'm, I'm not doing this out of malice. The way I'm speaking to you right now and the things that I'm saying to you right now are not out of malice. Um, and I know when I had, and I have spoken to this friend and other people out of malice, you know, I've, I've, been mad at other things so I was mad at them this was one of the first times that I was like I've done nothing wrong here okay like I've given you as much communication as is as is possible uh given my current emotional uh, horsepower right now which is very low um so focus on that not like why you feel slighted because we have not hung out Anywho, um, yeah, it's tough, man. I just, you know, I don't want to like be old and alone because I was right. You know, I feel like that that's always been my great concern that I'd be so concerned, so preoccupied with my values and, and virtues and, uh, you know, obsession with like living up to them that the net result was that I would be alone because no one would ever fill this sort of perfect, uh, uh, mold of perfection which isn't which doesn't exist obviously but i i don't think that's what i'm doing i i think there are people in my life that understand where i'm coming from and i want to value them as well and to value anyone who's like yeah you know what i can admit that i was wrong there 
And I have been very wrong many times with many people. And to them, I can, I can say I'm sorry. Because I was trying to be better. Hmm. Interesting. The deuce, you say. I'm not that drunk. I'm more tired than drunk. Uh, I'm not drunk. I had two beers. Come on. It's tired. Hey, I love you guys. Uh, and if we haven't spoken in a while, it's not because I don't love you. It's because... Just trying to put it all together. Absence does not mean a lack of love. But if you do think a friend has killed themselves, don't request an emoji to affirm that they have not. There's probably a more meaningful way to go about that. Okay, my little papayas. Uh... By this time tomorrow, I'll be on an airplane in Miami. And I'll report in from there. Hey, and if my cousin Miles is listening, who I haven't, talking, haven't talked to in... probably a decade. Hey, man. I love you. Give me a call. Tell Aunt Sherry I love her, too. But not Brian and Faith. They, they, they. <laughs> Just fucking around. I love them too. I love you guys all. We'll be okay. Thanks, guys.